Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 193 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in rainy Halifax, Nova Scotia. No need for sunglasses. He's Justin <laughs> Anderson, way out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, this was the Blizzard episode that we promised everybody. I finished my Blizzard. Uh, big regrets. Um, do you want to hear about it? Yeah, tell me about it. It was a Royal Peanut Buster, or no, Royal... Oh, God. I'm, Mustn't have been I'm, very good if you don't really know what it was. Oh, my brain. Oh, oh fuck. Uh, Reese's Pieces. Pain. Royal Reese's Pieces. <laughs> what peanut buster? Must have been thinking of the the parfait that they they have. Yeah. Anyway, I don't do um, peanuts, man. I can't. I don't. I don't do it. Yeah. Uh, it was f- sugary as fuck. Right now, I'm like, I feel like I'm about to die. Um, but the chicken strips were good. I got those in commemoration of uh, Ross Stripling's excellent start uh, <laughs> against the Kansas City Royals, the worst team in baseball. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, uh, a certain somebody who is getting a call up, uh, to the show, yep. uh, to make their debut. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about, uh, projecting the entire bullpen because we are about 10 days away from seeing, uh, potentially, possibly the, the, the roster crunch that will reduce the number of relievers we can have. We're also going to talk about uh, the upcoming series against the Detroit Tigers, who are not a very good baseball team. And uh, maybe we'll we'll touch on some other things here and there that uh, happened in the uh, the uh, Kansas City series. But uh, Justin, how was your week? It's decent, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Friday tomorrow and uh, mm-hmm. the debut of our top prospect, Gabe Moreno. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, I I don't even know what to think. Uh, there's a lot to sort of unpack as far as um, why they're doing this now and why not two games ago. We'll we'll get into all of that good stuff. Uh, if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. Uh, we'd love to see it. We got a recipe uh, like last week. Someone sent us a recipe. For a vegan soup, I think it was, wasn't it? It was, uh, uh I can't. It's, it, it was, was like a, an Indian doll. Yeah, doll. Something or other. Yeah. Anyway, that was cool. Uh, I haven't tried it yet. Tadka doll. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was cool. So, yeah, go ahead and tweet us your recipes for stuff. Do not tweet pictures of Dairy Queen at me right now. I can't handle it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm about to go into a diabetic coma. Check us out on Anchor, Apple, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, website is bfmdpodcast.com. Go ahead and listen to us in the widget. Is that how you pronounce it? Widget? A widget? Yeah, I guess. Okay, well, that's where you can listen to us as well. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Go ahead and leave us a review or star rating to help more people find us uh yeah let's just get right into it uh fuck blizzards forever i never want to talk about them again i thought (laughs) it would be fun to eat a blizzard while recording a podcast and it turns out it's the opposite i feel disgusting uh i will preface everything by saying i did work out a lot this week to try to level off the calorie consumption and uh probably still net negative but 
I still regret this. I'm <laughs> gonna have to just eat soup for the next week. You've eaten just celery for the next week. Pretty much. Life is pain. Let's talk about the most exciting th- news, though, of the week, which is yes. uh, Buffalo uh, Bison's prospect, Gabriel Moreno, the number four ranked prospect in all of baseball, is being called up by the Toronto Blue Jays. Justin, tell me about Gabriel Moreno. Tell me how you feel about it. Tell me why you think it's now and not two games ago uh, or three sure. games ago whenever Danny Jansen got hurt. Tell me how you feel about Zach Collins, and tell me what is going to happen now that Gabriel Moreno is coming up. All right. Let me lay this out for you. So with when Denny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk are both healthy, the Blue Jays feel confident running just the two catchers because they know that they don't need to really pinch hit for Danny Jansen late in the game because he is able to put the bat on the ball, and he's also their best defensive catcher. That allows them to DH Alejandro Kirk. However, when Danny Jansen is not healthy, we saw it earlier in the season when they had both Tyler Heineman and Zach Collins on the roster, the Blue Jays don't seem to feel comfortable carrying only two catchers because Zach Collins, no disrespect to him, he can hit, he can hit some home runs. He did have two hits yesterday, but he also swung at, or got struck out on three straight sliders. He doesn't have the bat on ball skills of, of, a, of a Jansen or a Kirk. So the Jays feel more inclined later in games to perhaps pinch hit for him. Now, because they're only carrying the two catchers with Kirk and Collins, if they want to DH Kirk, they can't pitch hit for Collins because then Kirk would have to go into the game to lose their DH. Of course, say you're down in the ninth inning, that might not matter unless you come back and tie it. Then your pitcher has to bat and you have to use your bench players the rest of the game and the Jays don't have a ton of those either. So it's just a whole issue with the roster. It's tougher to keep Kirk's bat in the lineup almost every day if you don't have three catchers right now with no Jansen. So that's why I think that they have decided to do this. They realized yesterday Kirk didn't play in the, uh, the, the or didn't start the finale of the <clears> series, um, and he didn't pinch hit at all either. Collins played the full game there that the Blue Jays lost. And they could have used Kirk's bat in the lineup that day. The lineup was noticeably weaker. They had Raimel Tapia batting fifth in that game because Teoscar Hernandez also sat. So Espinal hit cleanup. Um, so it was just a weaker lineup all the way down because of the fact that Kirk and Teoscar were both out of that that mix. Yeah. So I think that's that's kind of what triggered the front office to say, hey, like enough's enough. We need to be able to keep Kirk's bat in the lineup. And we need somebody else who can be a capable catcher. And I believe... Moreno's thrown out like 54% of, of base stealers this year. Um, yeah, he's thrown out he's thrown out 15 and only given up 13 stolen bases. So he's he's over 50% throwing out runners right now. So you know that he's got a cannon from behind the plate. Uh, and that's only in 32 games. So <laughs> pretty good numbers. Um, so th- they know that they can trust him to play defense. And he also swings a contact first bat similar to Kirk. Now, Patrick, my one concern with Moreno is that before his hand injury last year, he was hitting for power. Since coming back, he has not hit for power. He's got one home run so far this year in 158 plate appearances. He had eight and 145 at double A last year. 
Mm-hmm. He's also got less doubles so far this year too. Actually, so he's about the same. He had nine doubles last year, and he's got eight this year. But the home runs are way down for him. His average is still there. It's at three twenty four right now, with a three eighty on base. So he's still getting on base, and he still has a one fifteen WRC plus. But last year it was a one ninety two because of the power. So that's that's my only concern with him. But obviously the Blue Jays feel comfortable that. Uh, that he's probably going to be able to find that power again. Of course, it's just a matter of getting more ABs, yada, yada. And they don't need him to hit 50 home runs. If he can come up and hit 250 or 260 this year in his rookie season, I don't expect him to come up and hit 300 right away. Vladdy didn't do it. Bo didn't do it. Well, Bo did, but he got hurt as all as well. It's, it's very tough to come into the league as a rookie and hit for a high average. Yep. But the fact remains that the Blue Jays, this is their third catching prospect and you can even say fourth including Ravi Adams who have come up in recent years with a little bit of hype behind them Ravi Adams is of course with Washington now but they have Jansen Kirk and Maguire who are all major league ready catchers in this organization and uh, it's it's kind of an embarrassment of riches for sure at that position specifically Especially considering how across MLB right now there is a dire need for uh, better performing catchers behind, like uh, like at the plate. Like yeah. right now, I would say catchers are like they would net premium trade value mm-hmm. more than any other position because of the the lack of quality hitting catchers, and we have three of them on yeah. our team. Let me ask you, Patrick. Out of those three catchers, Jansen, Kirk, and Moreno, who who do you think is the most likely to get traded, and who would you trade if that's a different answer? Fuck, that's hard. Uh, on one hand, Moreno is the catcher that has had the most hype. Uh, True. The highest trade value right now is Alejandro Kirk. True. But I also think he has the highest ceiling amongst all the catchers for career-wide performance. Um. <sighs> The only way that I would do it, I would preface my whole thing with this. The only way I would trade any of these three guys is if it was to an NL team that we would not face in the playoffs until (laughs) at least the World Series. So I would I would think that trading one of these three catchers within uh, the the American League is like really bad. It'd have to be a really nice return. It would have to be a return that would net us like the like one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, uh, also like a ready-made starter, right. uh, a high-leverage reliever, and maybe like a bench bat, and then maybe some other prospects too. Mourinho, or like it would have to be. I would trade Gabriel Mourinho out of all the three of them because I think he would net the largest uh the largest return even though kirk right now is like all-star levels of hitting i don't know that it's sustainable i know he's still hitting 320 something in june Mm -hmm. and that's incredible and he probably is going to be an all-star and he might be able to maintain this the rest of the year but i don't believe in trading uh, a player when they're in the middle of like a hot streak I, i i've never seen it work out right uh and i just think it would be and it would be like borderline self-destructive to, <laughs> to trade within the American League. So I would trade Mourinho to a team that's absolutely desperate 
for uh, a top tier catcher and it would have to be minimum a king's ransom like i would expect uh a return that's at least 30 percent better than like standard market value for uh the top ranked catcher uh catching sure. prospect like it would have to be such a ridiculous overpay that it sets the jays up for like three to five years to the point where we wouldn't have to concern ourselves with uh trying to develop another catching right. prospect as good as him yeah and i mean we, we've seen the blue jays trade prospects that were highly touted in the past year right with austin yep. martin and simian woods richardson two guys who are doing great but not great not like but average in the minor leagues for the twins organization right now the, that's the thing about prospects is that for every vladdy and for every bow out there that that do pan out there are 10 to 20 guys who, who don't for every one player who does kind of thing it's it's such a big skill gap between AAA and the show because you've got guys in their 30s in the bigs who are studs like max scherzers the clayton kershaw's uh, the guys who have been doing it for forever on the pitching side of things. And then you've got guys like Wilson Contreras, who's having a great year. Um, and guys like Grandal, <laughs> who are insanely good catchers who have been doing it for a long time. You don't have those type of guys in AAA. You don't have all-stars playing in AAA, of course. So it's just the, the, the level of competition that he's going to be facing when Moreno comes up, whether it's tomorrow or Saturday or Sunday this weekend when they officially activate him it's going to be a huge step up for him. And we just don't know how he's going to pan out. No, I think he will be fine because he's a bat on ball first hitter. He's not, he doesn't hit first for power and second for, for contact. He's a contact first kind of guy. And that's how Alejandro Kirk is too. And we're really, we're really just now in the last month when the Kirk's been on this hot streak, seeing him consistently hit for power versus before he'd get on he'd get a couple two three games in a row where he'd get some extra base hits and then there'd be like three weeks without it without one we're seeing that consistency and they have, they have pretty similar profiles when it comes to their their i think their plate approach uh, marino doesn't walk as much as kirk does and of course kirk is one of few people in the big leagues who will walk more than he strikes out but i don't think marino is going to come up here hacking either which no. is a good thing who would you trade of the three my answer is the same as yours. I, I think Marino is the easiest answer here. Um, Jansen has injury concerns right now, so he'd be he'd be a tough one to move. Yeah, but it's a freak. Like the yeah, the, the, they hit on the hand. The, the other the other his last few injuries have been like the oblique, and then he had a couple of hamstrings last year. So that those ones are this this latest one is yeah, it's not on him. He got hit by a pitch, which is which is tough. Um, they were saying that he already has like a like a plate in his hand in that area where he had taken a bat to the hand in the minor leagues one time and broke his hand. Mm -hmm. So he's got like a metal plate in there. And I guess apparently that's, they're hoping that that's going to help the injury, I guess not be as severe because it wasn't able to break as much. I don't know, but they're when uh, Buck and, and or Dan and Tabby, excuse me, hopefully Buck's doing well. But when, when uh, Dan and Tabby were talking on the broadcast there yesterday, they were saying that they were talking to Danny and he thought that, that plate in his hand may have actually like saved him missing more time, which is interesting. So, yeah, I, I haven't heard a lot. No, the team said stuff. they'll know more after 10 days, basically once the swelling goes down. Yeah. Like I figured it, 
it's probably three weeks anyway. It's probably three weeks. So I, looking at, I looked up a bunch of similar injuries, and it's usually like four to five weeks, like full retu- time to return. It's his left hand, so it's his glove hand. So obviously you can't catch when every pitch hurts as you're catching. That would not be sustainable. And that's uh, that's his bottom hand on his bat too, which is his lead arm, right? So it's it's tough to to grip the bat fully when you don't have a, a one finger that's working very well. So it'll be. Are you be ready for at least uh, a forty IQ take? Yes. I'm I'm about to put everybody's Toronto sports uh, media <laughs> personality on blast. <laughs> You're gonna hate this. <laughs> At Sid Sixero. Oh God. Sid underscore Sixero. Uh, MLB trade deadline is August second. I understand having all of these catchers is kind of fun, but if the Jays don't deal one this season to improve the team, then what's the point? Clearly a lack of understanding of what it is that they're doing with Kirk and Jansen. We don't need three. We won't need three catchers once Danny Jansen is at 100% health, but there are questions as far as how long that goes, and this is a good little trial run for Gabriel Mourinho. Why, in the love of God, would you trade either Mourinho or Kirk right now while Danny Jansen is hurt? And is prone to be in well not I wouldn't say he's injury prone. I would say he's been hurt a lot recently. Yeah. And that isn't very favorable. But why would you take the risk? We yeah. can run three ca- we can have three catchers. Kirk can be I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know <laughs> clearly this was tweeted seven hours ago. Uh not saying it's a great follow, but what I'm saying is <laughs> it's like a clear demonstration of like you know a lack of understanding of really just like how much of a premium there are on catchers and the fact that uh right now like danny jansen's swinging the bat really well yeah so you're not going to trade him kirk is batting so well he's an all-star you're not going to trade him you don't even know what you have with gabriel moreno yet except you know he's a number four prospect in baseball mm-hmm. why would you trade him right now there's no pressure on the jays right now to trade anything they're currently sitting very comfortably in a wildcard position and there's no team uh that's really uh close enough to them to knock them out of that playoff spot for at least five games they'd have to lose five in a row and the white Sox, i think would have to win five in a row to knock us out right uh, and that's not going to happen given the, the, what the schedule looks like for the next 10 games. So hey, tell that to the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> they have not won since before they played the Blue Jays. It, it, true, but they did fire their manager, and I do expect also that uh, they'll probably make other tra- – they're probably on the verge of having to make some moves too because they're, they're so top-heavy with three mm-hmm. or four players making – close to half a billion dollars each that it's just like you gotta you can't build your whole team around otani and trout and anthony rendon yeah it's not working it hasn't worked for several years so i feel like they're probably going to be ready to make some trades recoup uh value in players um but let's get back to our guys yeah let's talk Uh, about the bullpen Yes, before we fin- uh, before we cap off the Mourinho stuff, um, I don't think that the, the tweet of Sid Sixero necessarily 
mirrors the average Blue Jays fan, but it's just it just goes to show there is mm. a fundamental misunderstanding present. Sid's all about hot takes and getting clicks, so I wouldn't put any stock into what he, anything he says. Yeah, I just didn't want it, uh, anybody who's listening to us to think that we assume that every Toronto Blue Jays fan right now no. uh, is a 40 IQ. I, has I would 40 say IQ that 95% of Blue Jays fans don't want Marino to be even in trade talks, so... <laughs> yeah, none of none of our those three catchers are going to get traded anytime soon. And if they do, it would be a shock. Let's talk about the pen. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this segment because there's so much possibility. There's so many different interesting possibilities. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of those possibilities are really bad. But then <laughs> we didn't even get into the idea of like trades with this segment. We're just looking at internally. Yeah, what our pen is going to look like. So. Uh, for yeah, those for, for those who don't know, uh, if you remember originally at the start of the season, MLB and the MLB Players Association agreed to keep 14 pitchers on the active roster. It was originally through the end of April. And then they extended it to the end of May. And then they extended it to the, June the 19th, which is about 10 days from now. At that time, unless they extend it again, teams will have to carry a maximum of 13 pitchers. So I think every team out there is probably carrying 14 pitchers right now, especially teams that the Jays have been playing recently because the American League East and the American League in general have been putting up a lot of runs. <laughs> so in 10 days, the Jays are going to have to, to drop a pitcher either off the roster by designating them for assignment or option them to AAA. Now, we've taken a look at the current bullpen, uh, out of guys who are on the roster, whether they're on the injured list now or not, that could be on the roster spot we're going to talk about. So there's really there's three true locks, obviously, with Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, and Jimmy Garcia, Patrick. The fourth lock is Tim Meza. He's thrown one rehab start in, or one rehab appearance in Buffalo, so you got to figure that he's back on the active roster by then, right? In ten yeah, days. Yeah, it's ten. It's ten days. He's already passed. If he's if he's not if he's not back this weekend, he'll probably be back Monday for the Baltimore series. That's when I would imagine him being back off the IL. Maybe give him That'd one more nice appearance treat. in Buffalo. It would be yeah. great. Another guy that is maybe a keeper, but is probably the low man right now due to recent performance is Trevor Richards. He's been shaky. I still think he has a spot on this team because of the strikeout numbers. He just needs to sort out the the command a little bit. He's been leaving balls over the plate and walking players recent, walking too many batters recently. It's that, but it's really interesting to see how he's been used lately. Yeah, he's he in his last five appearances, three of the appearances have not gone well, and I'm not just mining that. Yeah, uh, for the sake of like sandbagging Richards, because I I don't think that he should be a lock for a spot but we'll for now let's continue as though he is a lock for or a spot sure. or, or is at least most more likely than most um yeah he does strike guys out a lot uh he has had long stretches where um a two three four appearances he hasn't conceded a run uh and generally doesn't really give up a lot of hits but his command has been kind of dog shitty uh in those uh la three of the, the last five appearances yeah but and they were all games i think with the exception of one which was a six to five win against the white Sox. he's come in and 
uh, medium leverage situations where the team is already down a, a run. Uh, against Kansas City, we were down by at least a run. And then by the time he left, we were down by more. Right. I think. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, the White Sox, he was down by a run. And when he left, or no, we were up by two runs. And then when he left, we were up by one run or something like that. So, like, he's conceding runs in games that are tight. And I feel like he has to be the guy that is more likely to start seeing lower leverage until sure. he can get his command back. So to me, he kind of represents like, yes, he has a spot on this team. Um, but if he does continue to have these poopy spots, he may end up being the, the guy who ends up doing uh, the bulk. Uh, well, maybe not bulk, but like the really, really low leverage stuff because we can't afford to put him in a game anymore. But... Garcia, Simba, Romano, and Mays are definitely four of the what would end up being eight bullpen spots. Yeah, and th- and three of them are right-handers. Four if you include Richards. So let's say those are five guys. That for sure leaves you with three spots left because the Blue Jays are going to keep thirteen pitchers. So there's just no way they don't. Yeah. Um, and that leaves you with uh, Trent Thornton, Julian Merriweather, Matt Gage. Andrew Vasquez and potentially Nate Pearson. Um, I would even include like Adrian Hernandez down at Buffalo in this maybe, but I wouldn't, he's not on the, on the 40 man yet. So we're not going to talk about him, but Andrew Vasquez has a left ankle sprain or a ankle sprain. I'm not sure which ankle it is, but he's day to day right now. He's a lefty. So is Matt Gage outside of Tim Meza. Those two are your lefties. You got to think that one of them likely keeps a spot in the bullpen. Now, Matt Gage has had a couple of solid outings so far. Uh, it's, a, it's a cool story for him. Obviously, he's like 20, 29, I believe. Yeah, he's, and, a, he's an older player. And just made his MLB debut. He stopped being a starting pitcher and became a reliever this year full-time. I guess last year he was a reliever full-time too, and he's, he's kind of found something. Um. He's pitched in two games so far against Kansas City. Has yet to give up a hit. He did walk a batter, and he has a couple of strikeouts so far. But so far, so good for him in his two MLB uh, outings. Obviously, he's a, he's a lower leverage guy. You don't want him pitching in Tim Meza situations in the 7th or 8th inning. He's going to be not a guy yet, anyway. Who, not yet. He's got to earn that, right? But he's going to be a guy. He's a lefty that you can put in in like the 5th inning or the 6th inning when your starter's out early. And you need somebody to get a couple of lefties or to get through a part yeah. in the order that you don't like a seven, eight, nine or something where you don't need one to use one of your better pitchers for. Yeah, he has to build equity in his yeah. his own value on the team before yeah. he would get be given even a medium leverage. Exactly. And having that second lefty on the on the roster lets the Jays save Mesa for those tough spots later in the game. Or yeah. maybe not having to use him at all as much, right? You can balance workloads a bit more if you've got two lefties on your roster which is great it leaves you more flexibility for games and you will need them both them both or one of them uh julian merriweather he's had a rocky season it's been super up and down he's had some outings where he looks great and there's other outings where he's just throwing muffins right down the middle the whole time yeah um, it's i'm not really sure about per- this guy <laughs> isn't it perplexing though with with merriweather 
for whatever reason, what I've noticed in his more recent starts is that his slider is the thing that's tricking batters. Yeah, he's been throwing it a lot more. Uh, and then his fastball, it's like every player in, that in Major League Baseball is is like super scouted that fastball. It's like there's no movement or it's easily it's so easily predictable. It's almost yeah. like he might be tipping it. Who knows? Uh, it's so obvious, and it's just getting whacked. Yeah. Um, now, since the disastrous performance against the New York Yankees, he's had two performances uh, where he's given up a run, one of which he didn't concede an out, but he does have one, two, three, four, five, six blanks since uh, his ERA went up to a season-high 8.38 against the Yankees at the beginning of May, and that was the time we were like, it's time to eject him into the sun. <laughs> but he, to be fair to him, he has showed competency. Uh, the two innings against Cleveland May the 7th, clean. No hits, no walks, no yep. runs. Uh, May 23rd against St. Louis, a hit, uh, a walk, and an intentional walk. Still got out of the, you know... Still got an inning done. Uh, looked like poo-poo against the Angels. That was really probably the low point of his season. And then he bounced back. Uh, two hits against the White Sox in an inning. Uh, no runs, no walks, two strikeouts. I'll take that. Um, Minnesota, uh, an inning where he pitched a full inning. Got So he got the three outs, one hit. Got three outs uh, again the following day with two hits and a strikeout. Kansas City, he did an inning, only gave up a walk. That was on the sixth. Uh, and then obviously on the eighth when the game was already over, pretty much, he gave up the the one run on the one hit. Yeah, I one mean. One strikeout one inning. So the I mean, good like, news is that he hasn't been walking as many people. Like He's at 1.53 yeah. walks per nine this season, which is well below his career norms. Uh, the strikeouts are a little bit down, but the home runs are down too, which is nice. One of the issues for him is he's he's been he hasn't been stranding base runners. He's only got a sixty percent left on base percentage this year. It was eighty eight last year. So yeah, I think the key for him is to figure out what's going on with his fastball, why it's been so easily hit. Yeah, I haven't looked at not, the savant data. There's no deception to it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know the meatball is coming, and it doesn't matter like even if it's 98 because he can hit 96 to 99 on the gun if i remember he averages 97.4 yeah like that's that's a great fastball but if there's yeah. no movement at all it's not going to get you it's not a, a get me out of the situation he hasn't pitch. been throwing his change up as much this year no it's, it's he's been a two-pitch pitcher yeah his slider percentage has jumped his curveball percentage has also fallen which was never it was never a great curveball but he started to move into more of a, a fastball slider, and I think if he needs, he needs to start using more changeups to keep the deception on that fastball a bit. So I don't know. That's just me, just from observing. No, it's you're right. the The fastball is just so easily tracked at this point. And again, I th I'd be interested to see the tape on his delivery, on whether or not he, either he's tipping it or. Yeah, I just think that they they know he's not throwing changeups; they're just sitting on fastball. Yeah. And if you can't, is. yeah, and he's got to be able to hit the zone. The, the, you know, I'm not as concerned about the walks because he's only given up uh, three the entire season. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so three walks to 16 strikeouts. And while, like you said, the strikeouts are down and the stranding the baseball runners is up. I just, yeah. I don't know what to do with this guy because we can't send him down. No, he's out of options. It's now or never. And it's not like it would suck ass to have to like. Sorry, he does have, and... he does have options this year. He does? This is his oh, last well, that's... year. But yeah. I don't know, man. At 30, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the next guy we're talking about is 28. Matt Gage was 29. Like, our, the, We don't have spring chickens in this bullpen. But, yeah, because Trent Thornton is going to turn 29 in September. Um, so it's I'm like, ready yeah. to have this argument with you. I, I, I've been waiting for this the so entire week. The guy we just talked about, Merriweather, uh, his numbers, about eight strikeouts per nine and one and a half walks. Thornton's numbers, 7.4 strikeouts per nine, almost, just under four walks per nine. That's the his walks, kryptonite right now, is, is walks. The walks are a problem. I will say that since he got called back up, he's only given up one walk Correct. in 5.1 innings, which is yeah. terrific. Yeah, He's been working. The whip is down. Yeah. Um, the performance against... Uh, uh, Cleveland back on May 7th was a disaster for him. Two earned runs, three walks. Uh, he actually didn't give up any hits. Mm -hmm. uh, it was just, he just walked everybody. Like, he was just... He was walking a, everyone. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, and then he followed it up with a great performance against the Yankees where he got us five outs on May the 11th. Uh, unfortunately... Um, we lost that game, and Thornton was kind of the victim of what have you done for me lately? <laughs> he, he got sent down. Uh, now that he's back, he is a guy who is competing for a spot, but I think out of all of them on this list, he's probably the guy who has yeah the most, like the longest leash. Like he has the most sure. equity in his name. I would even argue that he has more equity than Trevor Richards, but Trevor Richards, I don't believe, has any options. So no. either you trade him or waive him or DFA him, and it's not worth it when Trent Thornton has options. Um, so The only the two negatives of Trent Thornton right now are the walks and that, the fact that he, he, he has not given up a home run yet, He's but he is an extreme fly ball pitcher. He only has a 26.7% ground ball rate. Yep. So XFIP hates him <laughs> because he hasn't given up those home runs. It that's that's my concern is that he's it's only a so, matter of time. So far he has dodged it. And he could continue to do that. There's nothing saying he has to start giving up home runs. Just statistically, based on his, his past years, like last year he gave up two home runs per nine innings. Over two. So that's the reason why all of the um peripheral stats the advanced stats think he's going to start giving up more because of the fact that he's giving up so much so many fly balls what is his xfip right now uh 467 last year last year it was 418 and his era was 478 but his xfip was actually lower than his expected era and his and his fip which yeah. right now his era is 3.05 which is which is pretty great. good that's great for a reliever anything under four for a reliever is like elite <laughs> Yeah, not, not elite, but like major league for sure. Major right now, he represents because Ross Stripling is now uh, starting for us. Trent yeah. Thornton represents our bulk. 
He's the lottery. guy. He's the only guy right now stretched out enough that can give us more than five outs without it being like a sweat fest. Sure. Um, so he, while he does have the most equity again, because he has options, he's more likely to be sent down than Trevor Richards. Um, yeah. Which is why I had Richards in the keepers section, just because of the, yeah, the flexibility of a Thornton or, or a Merriweather. Um, last guy. This is interesting. Nate Pearson. This is an interesting conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Nate's in Buffalo and he has been, uh, he's got a, a couple outings under his, his belt so far. Um, just pulling up his his statistics here. So, so far this season, he's pitched two times in AAA, uh, four innings. He's done two inning or two innings each time out. So far, he's he's doing reasonably well. Patrick, he's faced fourteen batters, only allowed one hit. It was a solo home run. He's walked two and he's struck out five. So, I mean, sure, it's it's looking a little bit better for him. Uh, his his second time out, he did the two innings, no hits, one walk, and three strikeouts. That was yesterday against uh, the Wu Sox Boston's AAA team. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he's close. And they've said he has to pitch his way back onto the roster. But he's a guy who could be another long man, right? Or be a guy, he th- and he throws a lot harder than Thornton, <laughs> too, which is a bonus for Nate. Nate's issue, of course, is going to be the free passes and the command. It's very similar to Thornton's issues. Do you think that the bloom is off the rose with Nate Pearson? We had such high hopes for him. Is it? Is he really like? Is this just a fucked up situation for him, where it's been injury after injury, or or backslide after backslide, or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, he's he's going to be twenty six in August this year. So still younger than the three guys that we just finished talking about. But yep. the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy as a starter. And of course, this year it was mono. It wasn't anything um, like ligaments or muscles or anything. It was it was an illness that kept him back. Or he may have broken camp with this team, for all we know. Um, it was yeah. mono. So it's hard to say. Like He's, he's obviously healthy now. But are the Blue Jays going to attempt to stretch him out and start him still? Or are they going to accept that maybe he is this moldable, flexible, similar to a Ross Stripling guy who can maybe spot start for you one time and give you three, four innings if he do, if he's going really well? Or he's a guy in the bullpen who can either be a single inning guy or six outs, you know? I kind of see it as Trent Thornton appears right now to slot into the Ross Stripling role more favorably than any of the others, including Nate Pearson. While Nate Pearson has the stuff, but not the command, Yeah, that would that would match Jordan Romano. Like, he's got... His fastball isn't as deceptive as Jordan Romano's, but the, the it's, it's fast. Yeah, like, last year he averaged 97.7 on his heater. And I feel like if he had a whole year where he was healthy instead of all this other bullshit that was that kept happening to him, yeah, he he probably top ninety nine. He's top ninety. Oh yeah, he's, he's thrown before. a few. He's thrown one hundred and two in the past. 
it's there. It's just ha- like when is he gonna actually get some good luck on his side and actually yeah. get a chance to like pitch a whole fucking season? See, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, we're we're in June already, so it's too late to lengthen him out as a bulk guy. Exactly. So they may they may have to go the route of like multi inning reliever, just like what they've been doing with Thornton, where he can maybe get you six outs if you need it, or he can come in and just shut down. Uh, a part of the lineup as well too and give you one inning it's like i think that's what they're gonna do with mate this year yeah just because of the, stretching, the fact that it's time <laughs> they've been stretching simber garcia and richards we've seen them all do more yeah. than three outs and i think simber is the easiest guy to do that with because he's not throwing a ton of velo and also he no. has he has good splits against both hands of the plate both both batters he does He's giving up more home runs than he did last he year. He has so far. Yeah, you're right. He has Which is concerning. Jamie Garcia has finally seemed to settle in more to his role where he had he he wasn't that great in early May. But then again, the whole team was on the struggle Maybe bus. middling, yeah. 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 But, but that's where we're at. Uh, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see these, these five guys, including Pearson and Vasquez, competing for three spots. Like for me, if if it's me today, I'm keeping Gage, Thornton, and Merriweather just because of the fact that they're already here. Yeah. Vasquez could very well end up on the IL, and I think right now Nate Pearson is the next guy up if he keeps performing well in Buffalo. Who on this team is the guy most likely to get designated for assignment with continued? poor performance vasquez for sure could be just because of the fact that he was a waiver pickup from uh the the dodgers begin spring training yeah so he's kind of like a guy that they don't have much attachment to (laughs) you know how Um, poor does trevor richard's performance have to be before you go okay we got it we gotta let this guy go he's probably second on the list right now just because the fact that he doesn't have those options um vasquez still does have options this year too but if he's pitching if he's pitching poor enough and they want to add somebody else to the 40 man then he's a guy who could be designated for assignment to open that spot up but yeah for me i think i don't think richards is close yet to that possibility i think uh they'll give him some more runway before uh before that happens just because I would of the say, fact that outside of the outside of the walks, he has and, and like he hasn't really been having too many. He hasn't been giving up a ton of of home runs at least, which is good. Not a ton. I would say he's closer to past the middle point uh, than he, as far as like he's probably closer to being in trouble than he is not being in trouble. If that makes sense. Sure. But there's still a long. There's still like. Fairly reasonable amount of runway before yeah. it would be like Brad Hand levels of okay, this, <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, that's I'm kind of interested though. Point. Let's circle back though because there is the question of obviously with Honjin Ryu possibly going to the 60 day. Um, eventually, well, he, you he would think. Be. Yeah. If he let's say he does, so strip. I think we'll see is, that move tomorrow. So Stripling takes his spot in the rotation, which I guess is three. It doesn't really matter at this point in the season. Yeah, it doesn't. 
whatever. So you we we slot him in there. When Ryu returns, is it as it? I guess it is by default a starter. So does that mean Strips goes back to the pen, or do you roll a six man? Uh, that that's it'll be interesting to see. Like we don't really we still don't know what the full extent of Ryu's injury is. We just know he's going to be out for a while. Is the the term they've used? We will be in trouble if one other starter gets hurt. Exactly. Even though Ryu hasn't been very good. Yeah. Uh, it would get to the point where we would like calling up Casey Lawrence isn't really going to help us compete. No. I don't know that there he will would... need to be a trade made at that point. Yeah, and I'm not saying Casey Lawrence can't do it. It's just I don't know. You'd probably be better off trading for someone who has been lengthened to be a starter the whole year who can give you six quality innings, which means they'd have to tap into their prospect pool, which is already pretty thin. Yeah. Or Elvis Martinez may be hurt, so that's going to hurt his trade value if, if he is indeed a prospect that would be moved to bring in a pitcher. We compile this list without even considering trades or the ramifications of someone going on the I.L., I think our bullpen is fine, but if we lose any one of uh, Romano, Simber, Garcia, or Meza again, we in trouble. Yeah, we're gonna have to make a trade. It would um, we would almost have to make a trade to get a high leverage reliever from somebody else, and it's gonna be it's gonna cost us more than it would if we were, you know, trying to make a deal from a position of strength where a team is trying to you know trade off players at the deadline we don't want to have to make a trade early we want to maintain as long as possible before we are forced to make a trade agreed and i think i think let's just get into this obviously uh the royal series went really well for the jays we're not we don't really have to get into details about every individual game but... yeah it was eight nothing seven nothing and then an eight to four loss they yeah they two hit them in the first game and it was only michael taylor who had the only two hits for the royals yep other uh, than that strips was great Five yeah innings. i was really happy people were, were their minds were blown and i'm like i don't think you guys understand what ross stripling is as a pitcher the more innings that he pitches the sharper he gets yeah uh him being in the bullpen is not really what's best for strips as an individual. It's what's best for the team. But every time that he gets this opportunity and, you know, his stuff is way better than what it was early last year before he went on that, uh, tear, uh, he was really struggling. And then when he, after he came back, when he was injured, uh, last year after his tear, yeah. uh, he went back to just really kind of struggling Probably because he came back too soon. Yeah. Who um, knows? Yeah, Daniel Lynch was cruising for the Royals through three innings, and then Bo touched him up for a two-run shot in the fourth. Vladdy got him in the sixth, and then Espinal got him a couple batters later in the sixth yeah, as well was... for for three three home runs off him that night. And that was really the difference. The Jays won that game eight to nothing, and it wasn't ever close that's that's pretty much what we got to talk about <laughs> for that Mano one no was very strong although yeah. the strikeouts were were down and the walks were way yeah very he did have three walks up. which he had to battle season, this season has been uncharacteristic for him but yeah he was able to battle through it um and then the usual suspects garcia phelps and romano shut that one down the royals only had six hits total and they were all off manoa um in that game uh, no home runs that time, but the Jays combined for one, two, three, four doubles in the game. 
they only went two for nine with runners in scoring position, but it didn't matter. Alejandro Kirk was four for five in the game. Uh, Espinal had three hits. Bo had a couple of hits in that one as well, too. It's nice to see that. Uh, and then in the finale, Patrick Marsh. Yeah. This one was rough. Yusei Kikuchi was only able to get two outs. He had zero command. Zero. He, awful. he walked four batters in that inning. And to his credit, the, the two hits he gave up, they were, the one was a blooper and one was a dribbler through the infield. Just unfortunate that he uh, gave so many free passes because that's what, that's what cost him in this one. Uh, his final line in the game was uh, three earned runs on four walks, two hits, and two strikeouts in two-thirds of an inning. Um, that's pretty rough. Trent Thornton Ooh, did come in yeah. and give us uh, five out or seven outs in the game. He went two yep. and a third. Um, he only Richards threw a, 23 pitches. Yeah, he was efficient. 19 strikes, which is nice. Trevor Richards had a good first inning, and then they put him back out there for another one. And Yeah, it was it was rough for him. Uh, he gave up three earned runs over on four hits and a walk. Yeah, it was tied until he... Yeah, yeah. The Jays did come back to tie the game at, at at three, and then he came in, and it was no longer tied at three after that. <laughs> um, Tapia hit a bomb. Uh, it was like four hundred and forty four feet, second longest homer of his career. Yeah, it was. It was pretty impressive. Yep. Zach Collins, Collins also had a, a solo yep. shot. Yep, he it did. It kind of sucks because those were really key at bats, and they ended up only producing two runs. Yeah. Uh, the hits, it's ridiculous. We had 12 hits while the Royals had 13. And the Jays we were, were 1 for 10 with runners yeah, in position. 1 for 10, RISP. Again, this is the thing that killed the Jays yeah. repeatedly. The Royals uh, were 5 for 17 in that, in that regard. So Couldn't couldn't get anything going. Guys... Couldn't, couldn't get Carlos Santana out. He had 4 hits and a walk in the game. Yep. Um only drew one walk to seven strikeouts. Yeah, it was a rough one. That's that's what happens when you get down early, though. You feel like you got to chase, right? So Vladdy zero for five. Yeah, Vladdy had a rough series. Yeah, Vladdy is his home really run. struggling he right is, now. He is not having a good time. Yeah, he is having a rough go of it. Um, yeah, we've talked about it. He's he's hitting two oh seven his last thirty games. Uh, on base percentage is still three twenty three. He's walking about as much as he's striking out, but just the contact is all into the ground right now he's not getting under a lot of baseballs yeah uh, there is some good shit to talk about though. he's Let's still see. hammering the ball he's just hitting it straight down <laughs> yeah in general in our lineup though Kevin bestio is now hitting 243 in his last 15 games which is about what what we would expect him to hit yeah uh has yet to hit his first home run of the year however i think it's a matter of time mm-hmm. he's connecting for some you know some good gap power uh, like i'm impressed uh and his his obp during those last 15 games uh 364 which is very very strong That's about what we'd expect from him yeah those yeah are the numbers seven that walks want. seven walks to 13 strikeouts uh so 13 strikeouts and 37 at bats is not very good um but i'll chalk it up to the fact that uh, some of those 15 games were before uh, he True. was sent down to rework. Uh, his numbers are even better in his last seven games where he actually has played uh, consecutively because you recall he returned in late May. Uh, that's, I would say, like, since he's come back in late May, he's been 
pretty consistent getting a hit. Uh, he was good against Minnesota in the, uh, I think it was the second game. I can't remember that far back. Two for three. Yeah, uh, he had two walks as well. Really strong game. He's gotten his average up for the whole year to 184. So he's, yeah. it's it's it was always going to take a very long time for him to get that to jump up. But his OB, OBP is 344. The man just gets on base. He does. He's, he's taking his walks. He's doing what he needs to do. Matt Chapman is hitting 302 in his last 15 games. Yep. It's nice to see uh, that. Looking really good. Seven walks to 11 strikeouts and 53 at-bats. So that's a better percentage. Yep. He's not getting those shitty unfavorable calls anymore and he's actually starting to drive the ball. Um Yeah, those, he's gone he's those, gone the other way a few times too. All those fly balls are starting to he's making better connection and they're dropping now, so he's actually getting the hits. His OPS during that 15 games uh of uh success is 815, yep. which is well very, above very good. what you would want for uh your regular third baseman. I've seen some people question his defense, saying that he's not as good. He's got the strongest uh, arm he's... among third basemen. Yep. Um, he's fine. He's still a very much so positive value defender. Yep. Um, I don't know if he ranks in the top 10 at the moment. That's hard to say. Uh, for positive value. It is hard to say. Uh, has he made some mistakes recently? Um, like, yes. He, yes. Uh, technically, I think he's only, it's only two errors or three errors, but it's like three hours errors in the last month. And some of that stuff is him like, what, like trying to overcompensate for like, he's got uh, two errors in total. I think they were both in the same, in game. the same fucking game. Yeah. yeah. So like there's his defense is still really, really good. And I want people to stop bitching yeah. about 987 fielding percentage, stuff. which is the highest tied for the highest mark in his career with last season. So, yeah. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is hitting 313 in his last 15 games with a 411 OBP. No home runs during that time, but he has driven in eight, eight walks to nine strikeouts in 48 at bats. Yeah. When Lourdes is taking walks, you're having a good time. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to start winning more games because, because of Gurriel. I don't know what's going on with him because he hit for more power every other season of his career. You can say that about almost every player in baseball, though. That's true. We just have not seen the power from him. He does have uh, 11 doubles this year, which is good. Probably why he has 20 RBIs at all. Uh, But uh, only two home runs. I'd like to see more, you know, moonshots from him. But, yeah, like you said, a little bit of a uh, a struggle. And now that we're playing weaker teams, I think we're going to start seeing some more of Pina Power team yeah. off. Speaking of weaker teams, <laughs> the Detroit Tigers are on deck. It's a weekend series at Comerica Park. Starts tomorrow night, Patrick. First game of the series, Jose Barrios against Elvin Rodriguez. Uh, Rodriguez has pitched in four games and made three starts so far for the Tigers. Hasn't gone well for him. His ERA is over 10. His baseball savant page looks like a blueberry festival. Um, his fastball averages 93. There's a slider and a changeup as well as a curveball. Um, nothing very good in terms of the stuff. His location's a bit whack. Guys are hammering his fastball, hitting 333 against it. 
hitting 286 against the slider as well. His expected numbers are lower than the actual numbers. So obviously yeah. it's only been 16 innings, so not a ton of time to even out. But he hasn't struck out a ton of guys, and he's giving up uh, he's giving up some some juicy content or some juicy contact right now. Well, it'll make for juicy content uh, yeah. when he faces <laughs> off against the Jays. But here's the thing: this matchup here, it's probably the weakest of the three games. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not excited at all to watch Barrios pitch anymore. I'm just like even after the last game. He was great. He was I'm just really good. nervous. I'm nervous for him because I don't I'm tired of reading Barrios criticism and him be like most overrated pitcher in baseball, blah blah blah. I'm tired of reading this shit. Like he had a bad start to the year. Did he have dead arm? I don't know. Nobody we don't knows. Know. We don't know. We don't yeah. know. Maybe he was pitching hurt. The velocity looked... was back up last time. Yeah, he was fine. It's gonna take a long time before his uh his ERA is lowered to a respectable amount. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably like five or six straight no zero earned runs uh, allowed would would get it back to where you would expect it to be and that's asking a lot of a guy who struggled yeah uh, all the way up to like late may so his savant page also looks like a blueberry festival right now but yeah it's not favorable uh, but again let's see where it let's see where we're at in late july yeah I think he's coming on now. I don't know much about Elvin Rodriguez except to say um, good luck to him. <laughs> yeah. It's at Comerica. Comerica, if I recall. It's a pitcher's park. It's, it's, got pitcher's some, park. it's got some big dimensions, especially to center field and to left center, I believe. Uh, game two is Gosman versus Bo Brieski, who I've never heard of before in my life. Terrible he's a, numbers. <laughs> he's apparently Detroit's number twenty-four pro, prospect, according to Pipeline. He's he's twenty-four years old. Him and Rodriguez are the same age. They're both just kind of breaking into the show. Another Blueberry Festival on his Savant page as well too. Uh, another guy who won't strike out a ton of batters. He has a fastball, a four-seamer, a changeup, a slider, and a curveball. Uh, he throws the fastball over fifty percent of the time. The changeup is his next pitch at twenty three, and then the slider is at about eighteen. So he's kind of mainly a three pitch pitcher. He'll mix in the odd curveball, and they have him that he's thrown seven sliders this year. But that might just be miscategorized curves. Who knows? Either way, he's topping out, averaging about ninety four, topping out about ninety five, ninety six, um, with the changeup being in the low eighties. So a big disparity between fastball and changeup velocities. Well below uh, league average on his changeup velo, which is weird. That is his fastball is above league average, but his changeup is well below. Uh, great spinner on the fastball, Patrick, but it hasn't helped him so far this year. Uh, batters have an expected batting average. You have three thirteen against it. They're only hitting two ten off it, but the contact has been pretty hard. Um, his put away pitch is the changeup, so he's fastball changeup mostly. He'll mix in the odd slider as well. So, I mean, the Jays are going to probably sit fastball. 50% of the time, they're going to get one. He works it up and uh, away to right-handers. So that means our guys should be looking to hit the ball to right field. Let's talk about uh, this third game and the matchup. Ross Stripling uh, back on the mound for the second time in uh, this week. The Sunday afternoon game uh, facing Tarek. Scooball. Scubble? Scooball. Yeah. Scooball. I like that. That's a perfect baseball name. It's a He's had a great, great season. He's off to a good start. Yeah. 
He's been really Detroit's impressive. Best <laughs> he was actually good last year too on a yeah. really really bad uh, Tigers team. Yeah, he's a solid one. He's a good one. The ground ball numbers are up for him. The home run for per fly ball is way down. He just doesn't concede home runs. No, doesn't uh, walk people either. Batting average for balls in play is a bit up, but it is not really a concern. He's really kind of stranding a lot of guys uh, on base. He's not conceding walks. This is going to be the toughest matchup for Jay's hitters. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I also think that Stripling represents possibly the worst matchup for the Tigers as well. No offense to Kevin Gossman. Uh, he's cooled off a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, he's he's had some, some issues where his fastball is getting walloped, so they'll make adjustments. Yeah, I think there was some concern about how... Uh, Gossman may have been tipping his pitch yeah. the way that he has been delivering. Uh, not the release point, but way back in his windup when he's got his hand. I don't know how wrist. credible that. I think that's horseshit. Is but that's... I do think there is. Uh, they have been teeing up. Yeah, on... everything looks bad in slow motion. Um, yeah, it's the amount of time that a hitter would have to recognize something as small as what that Twitter thread was showing is. It's, it's unlikely. It's not impossible, but it's unlikely, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't really believe that necessarily that's what the issue is. I think is. it's just that uh, he hasn't been locating his, his pitches as well the last few times out. And hitters are just looking for the fastball up, and that's where it's been. So Could be that. Um, that's my opinion on it, anyway. Either way, I think I think Gossman will be fine. I think that's oh, yeah. a very favorable matchup for the Jays. Uh, while the Sunday game, uh, I, I think is going to be a bit of a pitcher's duel, or or, or it'll come down to uh, whether or not Scooble can, you know. Yeah, keep, it's interesting. Scooble uh, and Strips are kind of similar, where they throw a lot of breaking stuff. Like Scooble's most thrown pitch is his slider. He throws it a couple percent more than his four seamer. He's also got the sinker and the changeup that he uses quite quite frequently, and then the curveball is his least used pitch. So they're both uh, they're both more junky guys <laughs> than they are uh, flamethrowers for sure. Ever since Strips changes delivery, his stuff is extremely deceptive. Yeah. Uh, and earlier in the year, his ERA looked worse than what it actually like than what the situation actually is. He's not striking guys out quite as much, but I think the mm -hmm. more that we see him pitch, the more we see him do five six innings. I think we'll start to see his true capabilities. Uh, as a starter uh, or as a guy who just chews up innings i'm yeah. really excited for him and i think that he is a stronger fifth guy than kikuchi uh at the at the moment but we have no choice we must start kikuchi because there's nobody else that i really is... think he it's gonna suck when when we get back to playing the yankees and they don't see the kikuchi that rocked them Mm -hmm, Instead, mm -hmm. it may end up being the one that uh, Houston version. Yeah, well, this is the last Blue Jays off day until the 23rd. They played two straight weeks starting tomorrow. They've got the Tigers for three, the Orioles at home for four, the Yankees come to town for three, and then they go to Chicago for three to play the White Sox for the next off day. So these these next seven games against the Tigers and the Orioles, you've got to win the majority of them because you're going to run into some tougher competition when you go to when you when they have the Yankees come to town for Father's Day weekend. 
Yeah. And then they go to Chicago right after that. So I think you got to go five and five and two or better in your next seven. I think yeah, you really got to tee off on these. Teams. You definitely don't want to split a series with the Orioles. You want to win that one. Uh, divisional games matter as well too, even though the Orioles aren't going to compete for a playoff spot. Um, the and then of course the, is. the rest of the division is right now. Yeah, four American League East teams currently hold playoff spots. All three wild card spots are American League East teams, which is not surprising. You look at the rest of the American League. Especially the way the Angels have fallen off a cliff, literally. Then the White um, Sox are scuffling, too. They're not really... No, they aren't doing well. But, yeah, the Yankees are playing well. The Red Sox are playing well. Uh, and the Rays are always playing well. So, you've got uh, those four teams in the American League East. To com- There's other three teams to complete with. And it's uh, it's not never going to be easy. But this is definitely a stretch, these next two series here. Where the Jays can make some hay, hopefully. Yep. And, uh, and and keep improving their record so that when the Yankees do come to town, maybe they can gain a couple of games on those guys too for the division lead. Yep, the Rays are ahead of us now because they played a game today they and we today. had the day off. Yep. And they won 2-1 to one, uh, against the Cardinals. What's the That's... gap to the Yankees right now? Seven? I think they, I think they played yes. tonight as well too, so it could be as much as seven and a half. So the Yankees are 40-16, and 16, which is obviously the best record in baseball um they are six the rays are six and a half back and they're four games up for a wild card spot the jays are seven games back and three and a half games up so the nearest team uh sniffing around uh the bottom of the wild card is uh cleveland who are one and a half back of boston and cleveland are playing Oakland today who are bad at baseball <laughs> and at being nice to their fans. Uh, while Boston will be playing the angels tonight <laughs> who have lost 14 games yeah, in a row. That's just, and, that's tough. uh, I think that's the worst losing streak since it's the worst losing streak in angels history for sure. Last night. Oh they, yeah. 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 It, yeah. This is real bad. Um, What's funny is like this team has enough talent that it, it could easily win, you know, five, six, seven games in a row and get out of this, but they just keep scuffling. Something's wrong, and it's not just the manager. Oh, no, it's just the whole team's just not playing well at all. So they're not pitching, they're not hitting. Like they lost one nothing last night. They're just not hitting at all. <laughs> you know what's kind of annoying, too? I know, like it's annoying, it's always annoying when the Yankees are successful. Um, they've just, the Yankees have, have teed off on teams above 500. Like they're 14 and seven against all the good teams. And yeah. for whatever reason, they kind of struggled a little bit against Baltimore earlier in the year. And, uh, they have yet though, to face any sort of, uh, scuffling. So it's going to happen. They're not going to win 120 games. You know what I mean? Like, eventually they're going to start losing games. And that's when the Jays have to be prepared. They have to win these big games against Baltimore and Detroit, who are bad at baseball, bad at playing the game of baseball. Um, five and two, then? Five and two or better? Yeah, I would say so. That's what you, and got. Then that's what you want. Reset, Yankees, that's a big one. That one is in New York, isn't it? No, it's a home series in Toronto. Oh, well, we definitely are going to need a good showing that uh, during that series. And the White Sox uh, have lost two in a row. They're starting to fall off. 
they're not they, that far out though they may have tim anderson back by then too honestly i maybe i'm just being selfish because tim anderson is one of my favorite players to watch play um i hope he is back yeah me too he's on my dynasty baseball team so i need him back <laughs> need my shortstop All right. but uh that'll do it for us we'll be back sunday afternoon once the game finishes as per usual and we'll recap the Detroit series and then tee up four games against Baltimore. First time playing the Orioles already, and it's already two months into the season, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but for Patrick, out in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon. We'll see you next time.